Life was so wrong. People make, oh no, I'm alive. Oh shit. I'm, oh, this is so embarrassing. So really, so. Hi guys, how are you? Hey guys, what's up? Hey Alberto, welcome. Thank you. We're just getting started. Don't worry, no hurry. Uh, actually, I have my pizza that I eat. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I actually am plenty of observers to make sure I don't run out of battery. So yeah, that's important. Nice. Where? What part of the world are you in? I am in Uruguay, South America. The, okay, the so Switzerland of South America. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go to because a case a friend of mine. Um, and she saw when I wanted to pick up the pizza, you know, okay, I didn't eat the pizza. And it's 40 centimeters. I mean, it's a huge pizza cake. Can you imagine that? Wow. <laughs> no, battery, battery problems all the time. I will take a picture of the pizza because it's, it's got to be the fewest pizza I have ever seen. Hey, can can you mute when you're not yeah, when we're not talking? Sorry, yeah, of course. Thanks, buddy. We'll get started here in just a minute, guys. Started this space a little bit early, set the time zone uh, up for 11.55 just so that it made sense to me because midnight is always a tricky time uh, here on the East Coast for me. I, one time I scheduled a space at midnight and I, I, uh, it was the wrong, I, I scheduled it on the wrong day. I forgot that that was the next day already, so... Let's give a few. Oh, what does it happen with me when I saw the the, the time uh, because of the the time zone? For me, it's uh, twelve uh, fifth, uh, no, it, well, it's one a.m. and yeah, it, it showed me like uh, the the, yeah, the next uh, it, that it's going to be tomorrow. But yeah, it makes sense. It was tomorrow, but because of the time difference, you are on the East Coast. Actually, it is still yesterday for me, so it was a confusion. Yeah, yeah. No, that totally happened to me, too. That's why I scheduled it for 11.55. Well, we had a lot of folks who mentioned they were going to come to this, so I'm hoping that they are coming. If, If... you know, the few of us who are here could retweet the room that might uh, encourage some others to pop in. Yes, I will do that. Actually, I, I tell you something. I did something for the first time that was 
Um, in, in LinkedIn, I created uh, an event and I, I didn't know it was possible, but you can create uh, an event like with video, an audio event, and also you can create an event LinkedIn, making a link to an external an external site. And I did for the first time today LinkedIn, LinkedIn to, to this space. So yeah. the thing is that I didn't do it with much um, time in advance. So I don't know. And everybody, okay, there we go. All right. It was amazing the amount of people that were in the early in the early session. Yeah, um, congratulations. Yeah. What's up? Hey, welcome, pain waves. All right. Well, listen. I a lot of folks uh, tend to trickle into these sessions, and I never know what's going to happen late at night. So I hope. Uh, I hope people are able to access. Um, I am going to go ahead and get started. And, um, you know, we do typically get a lot of people listening to these uh, afterwards as well. So um, I just want to hang on, just do a little housekeeping here. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, Typically, what we do here, this is a hideous hackers uh, space where we share our stories of being scammed. We learn from one another. We support from one another. And uh, by doing so, uh, we tend to learn how to stay safe as a community. Um, I think that there's a great value in hearing a lot of these stories first person from people. Um, Whether 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 you've gone through an experience that's you know a big deal or or even if it's small, um, the lessons that we learn by sharing are so important because um, uh, what what might have been a, a simple scam or something that you fell for could affect somebody else in a really big way. So by learning from what you share, um, it helps other people. Um, I do intend to uh, provide some thank you gifts for some anybody who has like a personal story that they might share um, that is going to help the community grow and, and learn. So do get your stories ready. Um, hmm. You know, since it's a bit of a, a quiet space here uh, tonight, what I want to do is start with... Um, you know, pain waves. You joined the speaker panel. Do you have a story, or do you have some intent uh, that you wanted to share that is in line with, um, you know, kind of sharing an experience that you've had in in Web three or even Web two that uh, that that we can learn from? Yeah. So I moved away from Wisconsin in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen officially. 
2014 was a soft vacations day. And uh, I forgot to change my address, which was the first mistake. And the bank wouldn't let me change my address. Uh, I didn't know that I could just update the forwarding address. So my dad gaslit me into thinking that there was no other way to do it. And so he started opening my mail and he opened my bank statements even though he wasn't supposed to. And he saw what I spent uh, from my bank account and he uh, opened more mail and stole more medical records to take out a guardianship and conservatorship against me uh, and basically sent me to work to delay my SSDI application date past the prime date of application so I only qualify for SSI now. So I think if what I heard you say there is that you were um, essentially scammed by your, your father, is that right? Yeah, and then my mom spread a rumor about me not using drugs or using drugs that I... She, she, she um, speculated with the lady at the HOA. Uh, Love that she knew where I lived. And then she added herself as my emergency contact so she was notified whenever I left the property. Uh, or when I left, when I finally did leave the property, she was notified because she's my emergency contact, and they did that to fuck with me. Uh, but they speculated that I was using meth. I don't even use anything past like weed, so uh, I lost my place. Basically, I had to sell it because this guy kept beating me up and intimidating me and confronting me in the lobby for using a regular weed pipe because he's such a dumb fuck that uh, he wanted to ruin my day and life, apparently, over a bubble pipe. So it takes me to the hospitals that have uh, essentially hijacked me, kidnapped me, tortured me with antipsychotics, meds I'm allergic to, uh, and kept me sick on those meds, trying to pretend that I could get better if I just worked harder. And I can't imagine a worse hell than that. Now I'm missing more brain matter than I was before. And um, that was already excessively gone. Uh, so I'm going through and building a narrative uh, and all that. And yeah, it's tough. All right. Well, thanks for kicking off a story here tonight. It's, um, you know, I'm really sorry that that, you know, that that, that happened and that, that that's been the course of, of your, your uh, you know, your, your, your adult life there. Um, it's really unfortunate when um, families, uh, you know, obviously there's some challenges going on there, you know, right? So there's some some dysfunction and it's it's never fun to be in the middle of that and i think a lot of folks can identify with that and um you know there's no direct correlation to to web3 or cybersecurity and what you're saying what what we're talking about here but it it just goes 
just you know, I, I think what it what it does is it. Um, I apologize for that. I, it was it was it's more of a male hacking, which is uh, no, 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 no. That's all right. I don't mind you sharing. It's fine. Don't 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 worry about it. I'm, but the the, the important thing is is probably now, and 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 this does correlate to you know anybody who's who's gotten hurt in in a, in, in a scam of any type is that. You know, try to find your your tribe, find your people, the people who are going to support you. Because, um, you know, what happened yesterday is is not gonna, you know, is 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 not where your future is. So try to try to find your tribe that's gonna gonna support you going forward and and protect you and have your back. And uh, you know that that is exactly the same in, in Web3, right? Um, earlier, we had a space today, and, and we heard some stories about folks who were, you know, getting scammed in the Discord, and, um, you know, people impersonating other people, and, um, you know, receiving offers that are just too good to be true, and, and stuff like that. And so when when that happens, you know, when anything you know rough like that's going on, and you're just not sure, it's it's good to have a you know a, a group of folks that you can trust. So um, wherever you're at in your your life, it's good to to build and to do that. Um, I want to invite anybody uh, who's joined us to um, you know become a speaker if you like, hello, and hello, if you hello. have a story you want to share. <laughs> Hi, Monday. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. I know Thank it's you. pretty late for you, so really appreciate you conduct this uh, uh space, and I'm just uh, uh feel very sorry for paying a waste for the, uh your story. Yeah, sometimes we are very uh it's like what uh what Jim said is uh sometimes it's a challenge. So if your uh yeah that happening like the family member, so we yeah. Yeah, it's um, how to say? Yeah, family. Sometimes we build a lot of trust of uh on them, but if they uh, had treat you like that, then it's really the challenging to uh uh prevent. So, all right. So yeah, just uh, let's stop moving on. So the next one, maybe I can share a little bit. Recently, uh, as uh Jim mentioned about the Discord, right? Uh, our Discord, uh, we uh, yeah, uh, my project has Discord, and pretty much recently, I don't know why it's very slow. So, uh, but most of people join us, they will promote like uh like the promoter, or they ask, uh, do you need to do something promotion, or you can want have more engagement on your Discord? Like, according to my past experience, so that I deny them. But one time and uh not one time, and sometimes like there are other guys that they just uh tap in or they I don't know maybe they already observe our Discord not very busy so he will put the whole bunch of the message say okay uh I like help you to uh, make the quick money something like that because sometimes you know when we sleep then um. We don't really have people on Discord, right? They put on those uh, message to uh they want to scam people. So, but uh, yeah, of course, when I see this kind of the message, I'm just going to delete it. So, 
Another way, because uh, Discord has a very uh, a lot of uh, function, so if we don't build a uh, very secure, uh, like a security issue, so uh, you know some Discord they will, you can uh, put any emoji, any uh, kind of the uh, what the sticker, you can do it. But if you make Discord had the uh, uh, any other link, like the link. Uh, so yeah, that's very dangerous too. So that's one thing on the Discord. And oh, Jim, you can stop me anytime if I you think I'm talk I'm talking too much. <laughs> and that's for the referee. <laughs> oh no, that's all right. You know, <laughs> yeah, because it... I know we had a small room, so just give me the opportunity, and I can share. Yeah, because uh, sure, sure. you know, uh, I'm actually from the web too, and. To the referee right now, so I have experienced any kind, not any kind, like a lot of different uh kind of the scam, like uh sometime like today I have uh another email, they said, uh you uh your order confirmed like that like that right, but actually it happened to me before they literally had attachment, and because a lot I think I I shared that last week on the evening space. When we open the email and then we click on the attachment and all my, uh, like they can assess my computer and they can control, it's not only the computer, they can control the router, like in my whole house. They can, can control all the uh, computer in my house for the whole network. It, it's very scary. They can like, even can, when I assess my bank account, they can do that too. So. Just give it a, a friendly reminder if you see any email with attachment that you didn't know. Because last time the attachment for me is like I said, they are from the Best Buy. So don't open it, don't click on it. Yeah, that's what I can share. Good advice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, welcome to some new folks in here. Um, we're just getting started. We're sharing some stories about... Um, you know, uh, scams that, that we've experienced personally or that we're familiar with and, um, you know, trying to learn from one another how we can go forward and navigate, uh, you know, uh, more safely. Um, I also have a special guest here today, and uh, I, don't know, I think I'm going to introduce him right now, Alberto Daniel Hill. Um, he is coming to us from... Uruguay, where uh, he lives, and um, Alberto, why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourself? Sure, yeah, thank you very much for the invitation, uh, I really appreciate that, I'm always uh, wanting to share my experience because I think that uh, not only for, I mean, to to create awareness about uh, the people that were in cybersecurity, that sometimes we are exposed to things that uh, we are not aware of, and some situations happens, and we are not prepared for that. I mean, there are things that they don't teach us in university, in any course, but in real life, uh, something happens that, okay, take a surprise, and we don't know what to do or what to prepare. And yeah, sometimes are not very nice. So yeah, but I am from Uruguay. I have been into cybersecurity all of my life, 
And well, um, I have worked for the government in Uruguay in different ministries. Um, I have been in different projects uh, implementing uh, um, information security management systems. I don't know, based on the ISO 27000 that I am certified. Uh, well, um, I have worked until 2016 uh, for in different companies, but then I decided to to when I when I found the the world of the bitcoins, and then I understood that uh, basically blockchain was something that was revolutionary. I decided to okay. I will quit my show. I will go for it. I will. I will. Be, I always want to do that, but I never found the opportunity. And at that point, I said, "Okay, this is my chance. I want to do what makes me happy in life. I want to 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 do what I, what I love uh, and be free. And okay, for me, for me, being happy is having freedom, doing what I love. It's not about." Make money is about doing what I love. I mean, I don't want security. I don't. I, yeah, I want to be happy. I want to do what I love. Uh, well, that, I took that decision. Uh, well, uh, I took a decision that well, I did extremely well. I was very happy. I was making money to live and more than I was thinking I could make. And well, then something happened that changed my life completely. But I don't want. I don't know if you wanted me to share uh, a little story regarding scams before that. Before I tell you what happens, I don't know how much time I have because. Um, so because I, I have, as she said also, I have seen. Well, I say always I have seen it all. No, no, I haven't seen it all every day. I see something else that surprises me. So I don't know what you want me to do. If you want me to to tell my story now. Because uh, and after share some kind of uh, scams uh, around Web 3.0, 2.0. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah, so let's let's pause for just a minute. And um, the the what Alberto's talking about is he's got a really interesting uh, background, and his life took a turn at some point, right? And um, I, I think it's a good story, and and uh, it, you know I'd love for him to share it with us. But I want to see if there's anyone else who has um, anything on their heart or their you know that in their mind that they want to share real quick. And uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll go back to Alberto. But I, yeah, let's talk to I think one of uh, Alberto's biggest fans. Welcome. <laughs> don't do me like that um, although it is pretty cool um hey Alberto how, how's it going good to see you again um hey how are yeah, you yeah. I met Alberto a few weeks back so it's cool yeah, to see you again. um I think my first hacking experience actually was being social engineered by some friends so just a quick short story um pyramid schemes are kind of the thing these days and back then they used to tell you if you give somebody some money that you know you could uh, eventually cash out yourself. And, you know, then that was kind of the pyramid scheme, right? So uh, just in short, I know somebody else was giving advice. And I think that's kind of the advice that I would have for people to be mindful um, that even your friends might uh, be the person that, that lures you in. And, and for me, it kind of sucked to really think about it. But I still also was, was kind of even more aware that, wow, um, 
even maybe they didn't know that they were being social engineered. Maybe they maybe they trusted the people that they were talking to, right? And, and I think that that's kind of one of those things that you might have to also kind of think about. So Definitely. keep your eyes open. Definitely, the social engineering is uh, is a big deal. You know, people will. Uh, earlier today, we had in, in uh, our the, the similar Twitter space that I held in the afternoon. I mean, we heard a story for some, from from uh, somebody who was basically social engineered over a period of months, and it included in real life meetings and. You know, there were the the thing is is that you know they had established like not the some of the people they were were being scammed by had established non disclosure agreements between some of the other parties so they wouldn't talk about certain things and so it allowed the scam to you know be perpetuated for a while and um, it was you know it's it's just interesting you know because. The, the lengths that people will go to uh, to, 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 to make a, a, a few bucks is crazy. And it, but it, it's very damaging and it's, just, it's very disconcerting. But some of these people are super, you know, smart. And if they would apply their, uh, you know, apply their, their, their genius to like doing good in this world, they'd probably make a lot more money. Um, Maybe not. I don't know. But it certainly seems like uh, some of these people could do a lot more good if they uh, if they applied, uh, you know, applied their skills to something positive. Yeah. So thanks for sharing. Um, Alberto, uh, let's see. Show of hands. Anybody want to hear Alberto's story? I'm up for it. OK, it's unanimous. Let's let's hear your story. <laughs> I you still with us, Alberto? Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was uh, saying it's all right. Yeah, uh, no. Let's hear. No, your, let, let's hear. Let's hear a bit of your story. I know it's a oh, long story, so maybe okay, not okay, the whole okay, thing. okay, okay, perfect. Okay, well, um, basically, um. I always been reporting uh, security issues in my country. First of all, when I was working in the government, that was uh, required by law. If you work in the government, um, I was um, the security officer uh, in in the organizations where I was working in, and there, okay, every security um, incident, um, not the, well, you receive a lot of events, but. Uh, an incident happens, I mean, you have to report it to the third, um, they have a record of all of that, and uh, you're actually uh, committing a crime if you don't report that, you, you have the obligation to do that. So, for me, it was something natural, reporting, and, well, that was in my work, but then also, uh, surfing the web, if, when I go finding uh, problems in certain uh, systems, for me, it was natural. I was always reporting that to either those who were in charge of the systems in some cases, or depending upon how severe the problem was, I preferred to not to uh, report that to those in charge of the system, but to 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 the government 
and for different reasons. So that was nice for me. I did all of my life, um, I don't know, tens of times. So that was part of, of, of my way of behaving. Of course, the reason is, okay, uh, report this because if I don't report that, somebody with bad intentions eventually will do it and uh, they will probably cause a lot of damage. So, okay, let's help and, and do that. Okay, uh, first of all, hold on, my, my cellular is... Mike, uh, to back up it in case I have the connection for a second. Okay, yeah, one day so, in, so wait, in 20... Alberto, in hang the... on a second. Yeah. So what, it, what Alberto is saying is that it, it, in his course of work, he was pretty much required and expected to report any, um, any, any um, vulnerabilities in systems that he, he was coming across, and, and it's kind of like a code of ethics that when yeah. he would come across these things that he would report them. I think that's a quick summary of what, what you just said. Exactly, yes. Basically, not vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities were not required to be reported, but uh, incidents. When you have an incident that happened, okay, uh, you are big, uh, okay, your company or organization has been breached, uh, information has been leaked, your assistance has been hacked, yeah, you have to report it. That's uh, uh, a must to do, not only ethically, of course, we ask the question, but also it's uh, something required by law. Okay, uh, one day I was uh, my, with my ex-girlfriend and I was uh, accessing, she told me to access to her health provider in order to set an appointment with a doctor. And she told me the URL of the system. And then she, 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 she told me, okay, do you need, the, are you there? Do you need my password? And I said, no, I don't. I am already in. She said, what? Yeah, I'm here. I am an administrator. I can see all the medical records of all the system. And we are talking about 200,000 medical records of people. Okay. So, Alberto, if you don't mind, I'll I'll pop in periodically and just sort of recap what you said because um, it might be tricky for some people to understand okay. it, and I've, okay. I think sure, I've, heard sure. this, I've heard the story before, so sure. it'll be sure. be helpful. So, what what happened? I, I believe is that uh, he was with his girlfriend. His girlfriend wanted him to, you know, to to check into his uh, med check into her medical records and so he went to the site and um, you know because that's what his profession is is, is checking cybersecurity and, and seeing these things he found like it was super easy to get into this medical uh, facilities records and so he got in there and he not only got her records but he could see um, uh, everybody's records from the whole clinic, like 200,000 records. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what do you, what do you do there? Okay, why, how do you access there? I put in the username admin and in the password admin and I enter. Okay, why do I do that? Because it's something that I do all the time everywhere. I mean, it's curiosity. I mean, it's something that I, I don't know. I, I always do just, just to check for fun. I really never expected that I could log in into the system with that. Uh, yeah, that was it. Wait, so the, so the username was admin and the password was also admin. And that was just like your first guess 
And yeah, I mean, it's that something that you into their whole system. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's something that for us, we are in the field. It's not, I mean, some one person only told me, why do you do that? I mean, why? Uh, okay. I mean, uh, it's something that I don't know. It's nothing malicious actually uh, doing that is uh, something that is completely natural. It's just, it's just I don't know. Um, we do it all the time. Uh, I mean, anyway, the thing is that was extremely serious. What do you there? I mean, for me, it was from one to ten in a triage was like red, red, red. This is something that I, I something have to do now because this is extremely serious. So what did I do? It was a Saturday, and I sent a report to uh, the third of my country. The way of reporting um, these kind of issues is normally via email, uh, an account uh, third at third UI, and that's the way of reporting that. Uh, and within an hour, I got a response and that surprised me because of being a Saturday, and it was the director of the third that was saying that he confirmed that, okay, yes, I confirmed that your information is correct. By the way, along with the report, I say, okay, I am, this is my name, I uh, found this, I entered with this username and password into this system, my IP is this, so I provided everything in order to, first of all, um, protect myself, I mean, saying my IP is this, in order for them to check that, okay, I, I, I give you everything, I mean, uh, come on, here, here it is, all the information, and I, I didn't touch anything, I just saw that, and I reported it. And he answered, okay, you're, it's correct. And I got a ticket number with, with that. And when you report a security problem, incident, you just report it. And then you don't have to, to ask anything else. You forget about that. It's not part of the process of handling this kind of issues. Uh, if reporting to the person who, who, uh, who, may, who, who send the email anything, I don't have to know anything. It's not my problem. I don't need to know that. It's something that they have to handle uh, the, the people of the third. Uh, they have to contact the medical provider. So uh, uh, that's it. I forgot about that. And it was a relief because <laughs> what I found was for me uh, something that I didn't want to have in my hands. Okay, so I forgot about that. Okay, that's it. I forgot about that. A year after that, uh, 2015, my friend again asked me, can you enter into my uh, medical provider website? Okay. When you're into this uh, field, you are in front of a system and you can smell certain things that can tell you, okay, there's something here that I don't know. And that curiosity again made me trace one thing and all I had to do was, okay, something and I could again, I could access to uh, 200,000 medical records, but this time, you know what? I didn't, know, I didn't need any username or password. Um, there was a lack of, I didn't need uh, being dedicated, no credentials, no. All I had to do was modify the parameters of the URL of the site, and I could browse through all the medical records. Okay, that was even worse than the first part, because uh, there was no kind of... Uh, 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 no, I mean, there was no control uh, to access to the object with any kind of credentials. It was open. I mean, imagine if 
uh, a list of those URLs were in a text file and were indexed by Google. That could happen perfectly, and people could type the name of a person, and they could get the result of the medical record of that person. That was that was really, really serious, right? I don't know if you got an idea of what it means. It was terrible, okay? But, you know, first of all, I thought I should stop entering to this site because it's a nightmare, okay? I did the same. I sent an email to the cert. I reported that. I said, okay, I did this, and my IP was that. I sent... Uh, this at a, a sample of URLs, uh, and okay, they answered me. They told me, Thank you for your report, and the ticket number is this. Okay, I forgot about that. A relief, I said, Okay, Alberto, <laughs> stop entering to here because this is very, very stressful. Okay, 2016, my girlfriend told me to access again because she needed the result of a a, um, a, a blood, uh, a blood um, uh, test in order to donate blood. And, okay, uh, she was in a place where she didn't have connectivity. I entered, and, okay, the system had uh, a problem that, not a problem, a restriction where to search for certain information, uh, the, um, the time frame that you can use in, in the search were uh, three months. You can only use three months uh, period to, to search for information. But uh, I could I have to look uh, since 2009 until 2016. And I said, oh, no, come on. I'm not going to do that. Okay, I have to admit that uh, I did something in order to uh, be able to uh, do a search with that time period instead of three months. I was searching for a lot of years. Okay, the system crashes. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was my fault. The system crashed. I'm guilty. Um, uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't with my, in, uh, with uh, intentions, malicious intentions. Uh, but it shouldn't have been done by me. Uh, but okay, I, I did it. And okay, seeing that the system was down for thirty minutes, I think. And okay, nothing happened after that. And okay, uh, that's it. That was December 2016. Yeah, um, that, that's let's let's pause there for a minute, Alberto. Um, so just to kind of reset here, um, Alberto's sharing a little bit of a story. Imagine that you're just hanging out one weekend with your girlfriend, and uh, you know she needs help. She wants you to to log on to the the doctor's office and help get some blood results or get check the lab reports or something like that. You go to do that, but you happen to be, you know, um, a very skilled cybersecurity person. And so when you get to the website, instead of, you know, typing in her credentials, you just for fun type in admin and then as the user ID and you type in admin as the password. And lo and behold... That worked because somebody probably a decade earlier, who when they installed that system, um, had used the default password and, and the clinic never changed it. So it's like a huge vulnerability. There are a couple hundred thousand patients' records who are just, you know, uh, 
that close to to being exposed to to the whole world and so he does that and and of course you know he, he turns that information in he he files a report because he's in this space that's what he does he files a report with the government and um it, you know it takes him down an interesting road where rather than 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 being appreciated for bringing this vulnerability to the forefront and and so that it's something that can be addressed um it it ends up you know i don't want to i don't want to be a spoiler alert here but i know that that it it sits idle for a little while and then it comes back a couple years later i think and 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 bites him right and I posted at the top here um, a, a link to the Darknet Diaries. It's uh, it's uh, it's a good podcast and it's really well constructed and 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 walks you through that. And so, rather than me try to recreate that Darknet Diaries and and take us through his entire story here, I want to encourage you guys to listen to that, um, to follow him. I know he does have a book that's coming out, and that's like an NFT book and some uh, some other things. And so, rather than try to walk us all through the whole story, um, I think that's a really good introduction. And um, I, I I do hope people will uh, give that Darknet Diaries a listen because it really tells the story really well. And um, yeah, no, it's an honor to have you in the space sharing. No, sharing it's, it's a ple- it's, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity because really, I think, um, unfortunately, um, all of all of us can learn from this. Uh, for me, it, it was some uh, the price I had to pay was very high, but okay, uh, as you said, it's in the past. I want this to be something we can learn from. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's definitely in the past, but it's one of these stories that we're gonna that, that's worth retelling for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let let me. Um, um, I hope that you can listen to the analysis because there are many things that I not mentioned there. The episode is from twenty eighteen. Uh, a lot of things happen that are not there, so I would probably um, like to mention those things and. And go fast so what happen after that and focus on uh, the most important outcomes that were at the beginning of the year and at the beginning of this year when something completely unexpected happened and it's a big learning so I would like to, to share all of that with you and time is limited and my story I could spend I, I mean I was interviewed in January four hours I mean I would go on for uh, 12 hours because it's like uh, it's a very long story with a lot of details and all of them are extremely interesting useful you can learn from all of them it's a long story uh, so yeah maybe i can go quickly to to what happened then and i'm focused on some very important things that i learned for me were i mean very I know they changed my life. I mean, something that completely changed my life unexpectedly. And okay, I want to focus on those changes. And uh, yeah, for me, it was something very, 
uh, I mean, open-minded. So they, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that happened at the end of 2016. Uh, then nine, uh, September 9, 2017, uh, that day, the vice president of Uruguay resigned. And it was the first time in the in my country that uh, a vice president resigned because of accusation of corruption. Okay, that day I was um at the Interpol, raised um, my apartment, and okay, uh, it was something that I never thought in my life that had happened to me. It was like completely taken out of the blue, something that was living like in a movie. I couldn't understand anything. They ring my bell, okay, and the Interpol was there, like five agents in my apartment, uh, and I didn't know what, I mean, I was, I was like, not understanding anything, so imagine uh, some, the police ring your bell, and they open the door, and it's the Interpol, okay, they didn't tell me anything, they arrested me, okay, okay, the thing is that, I was sent to the Interpol premises. I was interviewed. I was interrogated. I was handcuffed. I was in a chair. I was surrounded by Interpol people. Uh, they were asking me questions. Um, and at one point, um, I would put, they were asking me questions about the medical provider. So I kind of felt a relief uh, because I thought it was something that I wanted to ask. I don't know. I didn't thought it was a serious. But then things got. Uh, changes and they become very aggressive very I don't know um, I, it was a pretty uncomfortable situation at one point they asked me one question and one of the officers told me I said well may, uh, maybe I did the access to that address I don't remember they, they asked me for if I access to, into certain URL that was something that uh, com slash x, y, w, I don't know, uh, something that it was impossible to say, yes, I did or not, I did, maybe I did, maybe not. And the police told me, oh, you don't remember? Do you want me to help you remember? And he was uh, hitting with one fist, his, uh, the palm of his hand, and I look at him and I ask him, so, I'm sorry, what is your name? And, and he smiled. And he didn't answer anything. I was handcuffed. Okay, everybody is brave when you are when a person handcuffed. You have a badge, you have a gun. Okay, everybody is brave in that situation. So that was that wasn't very nice, very professional. But okay, what can I do? Uh, I spent the night in 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 a cell in Interpol. Uh, I suffered from from asthma. I was suffering anxiety attack. Uh, I was asking for medication, they didn't give me anything. I was frozen, it was extremely cold. Um, I was uh, really suffering an, uh, an attack because of the, uh, the anxiety caused me asthma, and it was like uh, uh, I was uh, really uh, physically, uh, my health was, I was really, really concerned, but they didn't give any relevance to that, they didn't care, they didn't do anything. Okay, okay. The, it was a long night. The next day, I was taken to 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 court. I was at that at that point. No, nobody in my family knew anything, and uh, the the knowledge I had was very limited. Uh, okay, I had a lawyer assigned by the government. 
Um, and okay, they asked me some questions. Uh, I was really disappointed, really, first of all, lost because the, the question they were asking me when it comes to technical details were things that were, uh, for me, honestly, a stupid question. Uh, I was wondering, but one of the questions was, what is your Facebook address? And I said, I don't have Facebook. What? What? No, I don't have Facebook. This is uh, Mr. Robot. Because I hate Facebook. But, okay, uh, I didn't say that because I, I was I was understanding that this that was getting getting bad and I I was starting to be careful. Uh, so, okay, the questions were something that, okay, I, 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 the answer was answers that I couldn't give because the questions were questions that had no answers technically. So, okay, I was lost. It was, a, it was like two hours there, uh, it was endless, okay. Um, they they seized it from my apartment, all my equipment, they were shocked because of all of the items I have, computers, devices of any kind, uh, okay. Um, I must go anonymous, by the way, <laughs> okay. And, for example, a writer and reader of uh, magnetic cards, uh, of empty magnetic cards, um, okay, they they were asking me why do you clone credit cards? I said I do not credit cards. I work for a company in UK named Uquid. That was a company that was issuing Visa debit cards that you charge with cryptocurrencies. Okay, uh, they were shouting at me, telling me to tell the truth, and that was the truth. Okay, that's it. Um, at one point, I saw I was in court in in a cell waiting because you enter and you leave and you, you it's not like a process that you go and then you leave. No, it's a long process. Okay, and I saw my girlfriend entering handcuffed, and I, I I didn't know what was going on. Okay, that was the last time that I actually kissed her in the, her cheek, and that was uh, yeah. Uh, it was something that the end of the was going on. I went go back to to a cell in Interpol, and the next day I went back to court. Then I had a lawyer that my mother got. I mean, he was uh, a very good lawyer. Uh, he uh, was uh, uh, before that uh, a a shash, a criminal shash in Uruguay that he quit uh, and he started working uh, independently. And okay, uh, he he was uh, in the process. They were asking me questions. Uh, in one point, for example, when I was arrested, uh, I, I they say said two devices that were USB killers. And what I did was, in order to try to, I don't know, being too naive, I told them, uh, be careful, and uh, these devices, please, uh, just to warn them about the danger of. Uh, accidentally, well, they didn't know what a USB killer was, uh, they had no idea. Uh, and that day, the, the other day, I saw a page printed with a picture of that USB killer with a ruler, uh, and they asked me, why do you have a USB killer? Uh, and okay, I was thinking, what do I answer? And it's a device to, to test certain, the, if a USB port can be 
can support certain kind of okay of, of, of power or it would be destroyed uh, I don't know they basically uh, were asking me that and then they asked me why did you have a pen drive with 12 viruses um, okay what do I say I, I run Metasploit I create payloads okay those things can be use uh, detected as, as viruses yeah right um, but I couldn't tell them that I decided I, my answer was meh because I didn't know what to answer I mean uh, I was taken by surprise by the questions um, yeah. the thing is that okay they were asking me questions that had nothing to do with uh, the medical provider okay then I realized the medical provider that told me was hacked And they told me, why did you hack the medical provider? I didn't hack the medical provider. They showed me a page uh, and they told me, uh, did you, why did you send this mail asking for bitcoins uh, or you will be releasing all the medical records that you stole? I didn't send any email. Alberto, let's pause again, okay? Because uh, you, you covered a lot of ground there, and uh, I want to make sure people are understanding yeah, sure. the story here. Um, so, uh, again, what Alberto did is he he uh, he was he was he reported a vulnerability at uh, medical practice that his girlfriend uh, was going to because he discovered it after he reported that vulnerability. Um, Some time passed, and uh, one day Interpol showed up at his door and uh, arrested him and took him in for questioning and held him and uh, was was pretty aggressive, and, and he didn't really understand what was going on. And um, so it, it unfolded that, uh, you know, they, they went to his apartment, they took some things that, that looked interesting, and because he's in the business of cybersecurity, he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of laptops, he had a lot of equipment, he had stuff that you plug into laptops, he had things for for cloning credit cards, he had things for... Um, For for he had viruses and, and things like that because when you are in cybersecurity you have to you have to have you know the tools that that the bad guys the the black hats uh, wear um, you know that they that they use um, you've you've got to have them if you're a good hacker because you have to learn how to work with them and how to you know defeat them and and all of that so he's got all this stuff that they don't understand and and some of it's dangerous I, I, he might not have picked it up but one of the things that he had was this usb thing that you plug it into your computer and it basically just wipes the whole computer out and he's You know, he warned them not to put it in their computer. He's like, don't put that in your computer. And, and of course, that sounds suspect, but he's really trying to help protect them from putting it in their computer because it's going to destroy it, right? And so, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's interesting how things unfold, right? And so at this point, he's being questioned about uh, an attack that has taken place on this uh, the, the same medical practice that he reported, I think it's a couple years earlier, 
he's been asked questions about uh, a recent attack on on this uh, this medical practice and some sort of ransom that that has been requested uh, some bitcoin ransom or something like that um um that that is has been uh, a threat that's been put on this practice to uh you know to real, to to get their system back or whatever right and so i think that's where we're at in this story and and so obviously you know he's sitting there um being questioned about this and and has no idea about this this uh this ransom uh situation because it's not him it's 2 years later and somebody else has gone in and of course they think it's him because he 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 was in, involved in in the, in, in an innocent thing 2 years ago that you know uh, you know, he he was actually like a, a a public servant. He was like, you know, a good citizen uh, for for reporting this. And so now they're actually coming to them because they are um, like they they don't know where to begin. They're like pretty inadequate in that. You know, it, 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 as it plays out, they uh, reveal themselves to be pretty uh, inept at at investigating this and so they go to him as a suspect not as somebody to help solve the crime so go ahead alberto okay yeah okay um after that they took me to my apartment and um, they we came to my apartment um, and at one point one of the officers actually the one who who told me that he would help me to remember the things that would remember uh, apparently to me he told me, okay, Alberto, okay, uh, the best thing you can do is confess this. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can confess this or, you know what, your mother, we go to your mother's house, uh, she won't have a good time, we go to your house, we will destroy everything, and what, uh, confess this, man, you want to get killed, I mean, you know, uh, people die here all the time. This is something that I never told before. This is the first time I said it. Um, that happened. I mean, he told me that. I always said that. Okay, he told me that it was better to. I mean, that I never said that. He actually used those words. He told me that um, people die, you know. And so, come on, confess. Um, at one point, what do you do? What are your options? Uh, okay. First of all, uh, I would never. I mean, if I had to give my life in order to protect my loved ones, I would do it, no matter anything. So, uh, to protect my mother, my girlfriend, I would have confessed anything in the situation. I have no options. What do I do? At the same time, I said, okay, I didn't know anything. I, I, I infer that uh, I can be able to prove everything easily uh, in the process uh, uh, soon. So, okay. Okay, confess, get out of here, because at one point you are so um, exhausted that all you wanted is this to end, because you are living in a nightmare. You don't want to, to keep going with that. So, okay. Uh, and one other thing, you started asking me, the same person, like 20 times, do you work with the, with the mafia, with the mob? in Russia, with Russian mob, with Argentinian group of criminals. Uh, it's better for you to confess, Alberto. Um, you don't work with uh, people from Russia or, or Argentina. 
Um, it's better for you to tell us because we will also uh, tell us that you do that. And I said, no, I do not. I do not work with any criminal. I'm not a criminal. Okay, they repeated that thousands of times. At one point, I was about to say, yes, I do, because I didn't want to hear any that anymore. I am I am glad that I did not, but I, I, I cannot imagine what can actually happen if I had said yes. Uh, so the pressure in order to me to, I mean, they, they, they psychologically, they are uh, expert in order to make people actually, uh, okay, what, what's, what's the thing? They try to find what is the thing that for you, you value the most in your life. And, okay, they do that in order to, uh, to, as a tool to make you make you make them uh, have, make you do what they want to do, make you say what they want to say. For me, my mother is all I have. It's, uh, I will do anything for my mom. They they detest that, so they use that in order to make me say something that they do. Um, that's very dirty. That's the way that they work, and that's it. That's why I confess. They think that okay. They say the the charge uh, within a few minutes said, okay, um, decide, my lawyer approached me, and he told me, Alberto, I am sorry, but um, you are going to go to prison. And when he told me that, I was like, I, I don't know, I was holding back the tears, I was about to cry, I was like, my, my mind was blank. For me, it was like, what? Yeah, you, you are going to go to prison, but okay, uh, you are going to be there a couple of months, then we will request your your free uh, two months. I mean, are you uh, two months? I mean, I was like, I, I was about to die from a heart attack there, and it was like something uh, for me. I'm completely uh, psychologically, I was completely destroyed. Okay, uh, the thing is that the the judge that, uh, said I should be sent to prison because. Um, I was a person who has a lot of knowledge. I was uh, very likely to escape from the country. And because of that knowledge, I could alter the rest of the process, basically meaning that, okay, with my mind, I could modify the information stored in the device that were locked into the police station. Uh, that basically what I mean. Unfortunately, I cannot do that. Uh, I wish I could, but no. But those were the arguments used to send me to prison because most of the times, well, they don't send people to prison. That's the last thing they do as a preventive measure. They send you to home prison. They put you a GPS uh, tag in order to track you. They take your passport. You can pay a bail. There are a lot of alternatives. And the last one is sending a person to prison because sending a person to prison, the consequences of that, it's a preventive measure. So the person has not been found guilty and you send a person to prison, and you I wanted to tell of all the things that are implying to that, but it's something that uh, destroys a, a person's life potentially. It's, it's really something that I don't wish to anybody, but I was into prison. Okay. Uh, I, I yeah. will make it short. I spent eight months in prison, um, and well, at the end, my lawyer appealed, and the appeal was in my favor, 
they said yes, there's no reason for this person to say in prison. I mean, I have no criminal records in my life. I, I am not a violent person. I mean, my profile is a profile of a person that uh, is not the profile of the people that are in prison, okay? So um, I am a person that is basically um, sending me to prison. It's like uh, putting uh, me in the Coliseum and, and uh, launching a uh, Ten lions are there, okay? It's something that is a situation completely uh, crazy, but it happened. I was into prison, uh, and that is, I was released after eight months, and after that, uh, I I was able to access to small portions of pieces of the file of the case. One of the portions of the case was I read that supposed email that was asking for Bitcoin's naturalized information. The email said, in order not to release the information, send, I don't remember, it was 14, 15 Bitcoins to the following address, and then to, there was no address to send the, the Bitcoin, so it was empty. I mean, if they wanted to pay for the ransom, <laughs> they couldn't pay for the payment because there was no address to send the Bitcoin. First thing, that's the first question the uh, prosecutor should have asked me. Why did they ask me about a virus? They should have asked me, how are you pretending to get paid to receive the payment if there is no payment address there? Why didn't he ask me that? Because nobody noticed that. Nobody realized that. Nobody knew that. I mean, the, one of the most important things that, I mean, that is something that... Uh, after seeing that, I will question, okay, what, what is all this about? I mean, uh, I don't know if you can explain what basically what I realized meant. I mean, it means that it was a crime impossible to commit. It was something that, uh, if you read that email, it's the first thing that you notice. You should question if you are a police, why is lacking the, the address to deposit the bitcoins? Why is that? I mean, this guy who has been working in, with cryptos for years, I mean, committed, first of all, he reported the problem. A person who committed a crime because he found a certain uh, way of doing that, doesn't report those problems and then commit a crime using those, those problems that he found. That's very stupid. Second, a person who knows a lot about cryptos doesn't ask for cryptos with ransom and, that's, and doesn't include where to send the bitcoins. Uh, so, in terms of consistency, uh, uh, there was a pattern there that was not consistent with me. I mean, basically, I was being feeling like uh, this is the most pathetic ransom. I mean, they're accusing me of a crime that is insulting me. I mean, if I actually have ever wanted to do a crime like this, that is, I would never do it. Uh, I, doing this like this would really be a, 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 something that would be really, a, I don't know, a, a, I would, a, it's stupid. I would feel like the, the, the worst uh, cyber criminal on earth, but they didn't question anything uh, of the uh, stupidity of the evidence that they have. Another thing, they were in the interview, the director of the CERC, and the judge asked the director of the CERC, Alberto Hill, did he report any problems in the system medical provider? And the answer was, ah, I checked out some files and then I didn't find anything. So uh, no, I, I didn't find anything about that. Okay, I reported that. I got a ticket number with the reference of that. Uh, 
In a criminal case, if they ask you that, the answer is yes or no. The answer is, I don't know. All you have to do is go to the system and check and, verify and look up that, and you get an answer whether it's a report or not, as simple as that. Uh, I mean, that's it. Answering, I don't, I don't recall anything uh, for anything, is an answer that uh, is, uh, is completely uh, uh, not an answer. Uh, it's not an answer. Nobody answer that. Uh, it's a system that registers the events. I have a copy of the tickets. Uh, I have all the events, and they didn't. Actually, I don't know if they didn't, but the answer that they didn't recall, they didn't recall for a charge. If the director of the search answers that, uh, and he says that, he will say, okay, if the director of the search says that, this guy, this guy is lying, I don't believe this guy, I mean, uh, he, all he said that he reported that is, is all a lie, so yeah. he destroyed me with that answer. If I was in a bad situation, he ended up uh, putting me in the worst situation ever, and, and I don't understand why. So imagine that, uh, a ransomware mail without a way of another to pay. Director of the third saying that uh, he didn't uh, recall that I reported anything. Well, for, first of all, uh, in this field, you experience a lot of security problems. Some of them are, you don't remember, some of them you remember forever. If somebody reports he can access into a medical provider with admin, admin, those are things that that's you, don't remember, you don't forget. You don't forget. Let's pause again here, Alberto. Yep. Yeah, so covered a lot of ground there again. Um, so I think where we left off, you know, he was being questioned and, uh, and, and he was really kind of being bullied and threatened. And uh, he, what, what was the sort of the breaking point for him, for Alberto in the story here, is, is when they started to threaten to go to his mother's house and his girlfriend's place. And they threatened to, you know, tear those places apart, looking for evidence and things like that. And um, they also kind of intimated, you know, bodily harm, like th threats as as well. And um, and and that seems to be the breaking point where Alberto said, "Okay, all right." Um, I, you know, that that was when he confessed so that he could avoid putting his his mother, especially and his girlfriend through those that, you know, the trauma of having their homes torn, torn apart by these people. And, um, you know, it's this I mean, it's a really human story here. Right. And so the whole premise of this is, is that they they got this ransom note that was uh, apparently didn't even have an address to pay, right? So they get a ransom note, okay, we're, we're holding your system hostage, we're going to release these medical records unless you send us Bitcoin, and uh, the ransom uh, demand didn't even have an address to send that Bitcoin to, and, and apparently the people investigating didn't even, um, you know, have that information at hand. So Alberto ends up going to jail for this in prison. He's in prison for eight months. And um, when he gets out, that's when he starts investigating some of this and learning some of these things. And 
you know, frankly, you know, it, it, it's 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 like adding insult to injury that that they didn't really do a very good job of investigating this stuff, and and if they had, they would have realized, um, you know, that that there was not a lot of credibility to it. So it's it's really unfortunate. So, what what happened after that point, Alberto? After you got out and you realized that it was just a mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, one. One thing I tell. When I came back to my house at the prison, I found um twelve hard disk drive on the floor. Twelve um hard disk drive uh, five inches. I mean, not I didn't find SD. Yeah, I didn't find SD cards. I didn't find uh, pen drives. Uh, but I also found fifteen hard disks. So okay, they spent about eight hours in my apartment session equipment. Um, and when I came back, there were uh, 12 hard disk drives in my apartment. So what you're yeah. saying is that they, they spent eight hours, you know, going through his house collecting evidence, and he gets back after being in, in prison for eight months, and, and he's like, there's a dozen hard drives that they didn't take, which just seems kind of weird, right? You'd think they would have notice hard drives and have taken those so it's it's like they didn't even collect all the evidence that was readily available in his apartment so that was kind of was that amusing for you then to notice that they didn't even like collect all the evidence It was kind of shocking for you that they didn't collect that obvious, you know, what would, you know, not that they would have found anything, but they, they didn't. Yeah, this, but let me tell you something about crazy for me and with blown mind. When you are following a procedure, say, evidence, you have to follow certain rules in order not to contaminate the evidence, to ensure the chain of custody, to give guarantees about the integrity of the information. And okay, if you don't follow that, okay, uh, anywhere in the world where they're civilized, they have certain knowledge, okay, you don't follow the rules, uh, you make a mistake, you contaminate the evidence, and case is missed, uh, okay, I'm sorry, uh, the person doesn't have a guarantee that the information already is, uh, that hasn't been modified, okay. Um, after being released from prison, um, well, in my apartment, it says, uh, six, seven cellular phones. One of them was turned off. One of the rules uh, that you have to rule to follow is if a device is turned off, you keep it off. I mean, you don't, you don't modify it. If a device is on, okay, if it's a computer, okay, is the screen on or off? Okay, uh, in order to turn off a computer, you don't turn it off like that. If it, the monitor is on, you have to take a certain, I mean, you have to be very careful. The device is on off. Uh, you have to proceed in a way that um, you can. You have to guarantee that you don't modify anything because uh, that's the key. They pick up as a, a, a Galaxy uh, Samsung Galaxy S7 that was off. A police uh, turn it on and ask me for the code to access to it. Okay. Uh, no, I mean you cannot pick up a device that is off and turn it on uh, there. Uh, okay, if you do that, actually, you have to have an expert certifying everything, uh, recording all the, uh, everything, I mean, uh, have uh, 
making sure that you are blocking. I mean, uh, I mean the certain things, and that is no. The person did that after I was in prison and entered into Google location. That cellular was turned on for five days. The location was the police station, and there's no documentation about that in the file. Okay, um, imagine this. A cellular that is said uh, cannot be on and connected to any network because, okay, what? Because if it is connected, somebody can send a command and can wipe all the information from the cellular, for example, and, okay, they delete any kind of evidence or they can uh, put evidence that is uh, not in that cellular that can uh, put you in trouble. Imagine. They could put child pornography in that cell uh, 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 remotely or remotely, so uh, the device cannot access into any kind of network, to any kind of cellular uh, uh, tower. No, no. And if it does, you have to record everything. What's the reason why you do it? Who did that? What was the, the procedure to follow? Okay, nothing is documented. I only found that because of Google location telling me it was open five days. Okay, if it was five days, it was not that they left it on. For five days, the battery doesn't last more, much more than one day. So they keep it on for five days, and God only knows what they did that. There's no 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 record. So we're, we're, we're learning some tips and tricks here. So I think what what he's saying is that procedurally these guys were were not um, not the most qualified to collect and and secure and um, you know preserve evidence. Uh, they uh, and and it. I apologize for repeating what you're saying, but it is a little tricky to follow some of it. So I want to make sure we got it. Um, the cell phone. I understand. I understand yeah, I, I, yeah. I assume certain things that are. I mean, yeah. I have to say, if somebody happens, if that this happens to anybody who is not in this field, for them having grabbing a cellular phone, a cop. Uh, having a cellular phone in that in their house and turning it on is nothing that uh, should basically uh, surprise the person. But for me, that I was the, the I was the first person who performed a, a, a computer forensic procedure in Uruguay in 2004 um, in a criminal case. Um, I, I was the first person in Uruguay who did that. Um, and I was the first person who was in prison for the, uh, a computer related crime. That's uh, very interesting. Okay, so I have some, some I, I, I kind of know some things about digital forensics. So there's something that for me, uh, yeah, I uh, are something that uh, I take for granted that can never be done because of that little experience I have. Uh, so, yeah, so that made me visualize all the problems that were happening that for other people maybe they 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 would never question or they never see the, what the problem is uh, they would take uh, something naturally uh, they think that they did okay yeah, so but it's for like me, it's it's so it, what 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 I, I don't know if everyone got picked up on this but what what happened is they left this they they took a cell phone but they left it on for 5 days which means it's pinging off cell towers and and so, which means it's open, it's available, like if the, you know, let's just say, 
you know, he, if he wasn't detained or if there was an accomplice or if he had some sort of code or somebody else that, that, that was operating with him, they could have sent information because it's connected to a cellular, cellular network. They could have sent, you know, directions to that phone to like wipe it or, you know, to destroy the evidence and so, somehow and things like that. And so it's, you know, procedurally, there are things that they just did that that were 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 silly, right? And so obviously, nobody wiped out that phone because you know there was there was no criminal uh, behavior going on here. Um, but but it's it's like one oh it sounds like it's cybersecurity one oh one, and they they uh, didn't go to that class, and um, so. And they didn't do any kind of thing. They didn't have any idea of who I was, what what was doing. They didn't actually have a good thought that they even enter into my LinkedIn account. They didn't check my LinkedIn account. Okay, you have to make a profile of the person you are investigating before um, uh, raising his apartment at least. Uh, for example, the fact that they found so many devices that for them were, okay, he's a criminal, okay, no, hold on, there's another alternative. He might be a criminal or he might be a security professional that, as you said, you set those devices in order to learn to understand because in order to protect us from the bad guys, we have to think of them, we have to use the devices they use, that's the only way. Uh, but uh, they even bother to check out uh, what was I doing? I mean, my credentials, uh, and that is something that is also very disturbing in terms of the way it was proceeded. Uh, the fact that the, I had those devices for them were okay. He's a criminal. Then, in a radio interview, the director of Interpol said, "Okay, we found this and this and this, and, and also we found a mask of anonymous." Which basically confirmed what we were thinking. Basically, for them, having a mask of anonymous was the ultimate evidence of me being a criminal. Um, yeah, imagine that. Okay, no comments. Okay, let's move on. Um, time gone by in a slow motion. At one point. Um, I, with my lawyer, we present a paper saying I was willing to provide all the credentials, all the pins, all the passwords, everything in order to access to all my devices and, uh, and review all the contents of it uh, to, to, to help the, the police to investigate the contents of those devices. I was willing to provide all the credentials to enter into my uh, services on the cloud. I mean, I was giving them anything they wanted to access to what I had. I was willing to give them uh, voluntarily uh, in order for them to uh, make things easier and faster to move on uh, and, uh, and go fast because they were doing nothing. Okay, the prosecutor didn't accept that. Okay, that's the dream of anybody who works in computer forensics, uh, uh, giving the option of, of, of somebody providing voluntarily all this information to go uh, overcome the bios, a pin to enter into, uh, I don't know, to the, uh, 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 all the encrypted information I have. I have a, a Corsair pendrive with a hardware in, uh, 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 
uh, encryption, okay, all those things. I give you everything that you want, just for you to access, so you don't have to uh, clone the information. You require to make a copy of all the all the data that you have, and we're talking about 15 terabytes of information that the police didn't have uh, enough uh, space in in their in their equipment in order to clone that information because you never work on the on the on the on the evidence uh, original evidence because you might eventually uh, by accident alter that and that's it you ruin everything so you clone all the information and the investigation about the contents are done in a copy and also you make another copy as a way of like in 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 a, a drug analysis in, in the olympic games you you don't take a sample uh, of, of blood or urine you take two samples in case uh, the same sample, the first sample uh, uh, shows something that is uh, blaming the the, the, the the person. The person has the uh, option to ask for a second opinion and open the second sample for uh, another party to uh, confirm the result or not. Um, okay, so you need to copy it. We're talking so about, that, uh, that must have been really frustrating that you were offering to give full access to all your systems and all everything in the cloud and and the the prosecutor didn't seem like they wanted that information and that must have been really frustrating because you're trying to expedite the investigation to clear your name and and here they were saying no no thanks we don't want all that information so i i would imagine at that point it kind of felt like they weren't really concerned about getting it right they were just concerned about you know how it looked maybe they were concerned about showing how powerful they were and they, i mean they wanted to tell me okay you are nobody we do whatever we want uh, it doesn't matter anything. It, we are powerful. Uh, you don't tell us what to do. We decide what to do. We don't want your help. Okay, that is arrogance. Uh, that is very stupid, very silly. Um, I wanted to help. That was obvious. And the whole thing is uh, one of the cells has Google Authenticator with a code in order for me to access to an exchange that was BTC in. That I was seeing that the volumes uh, that were having were very strange, the behavior was very strange. Uh, okay, I wanted to remove all my crypto from there. We were talking about that run of about $100,000 in crypto that right now would be like more than a million in, in that exchange only. Okay, I wanted that device, so please, I give you everything. This research is a cellular. Please uh, do the research. If you don't do that, I am risking to lose a lot of. Okay, they didn't do it. I lost all the actually BTC clothes. Uh, sorry, BTC had clothes. Then it became um, World X in New Zealand. Then it closed. Okay, I lost all, all of that cryptos. Um, okay, it's the money. It doesn't matter. But the frustration, yeah, it was big because uh, it was completely unnecessary uh, to do that to cause that damage in a person. Okay, they were. Uh, basically, uh, causing all the damage they could. I mean, it was like uh, they wanted to make me to torture, to make me really uh, feel like okay, uh, have no mercy with me for some reason. That was really frustrating. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
Well, listen, well, listen, I know that you could go on and... and uh, well, the thing is that, okay, um, the thing will continue, 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 as a no, motion. At one right. point, the, the police found out there was no, 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 no evidence of crime uh, or anything uh, illegal in my equipment. Uh, took time, and uh, they never actually returned me everything. Uh, at one point, December 2021, I went to the Interpol to pick up some of the things that were left, not all of them, and at one point, the director of the Interpol, the person that was telling me, I will help you to remember, so if you don't remember, the person who told me, you better uh, confess that, because otherwise, okay, that person approached me, and while he was doing that, I don't know why, I was having my cellular on, and I was running a Twitter space where everybody was listening to what was going on at the moment. People from all over the world was listening, uh, and there was a guy from Mexico translating from uh, English to Spanish. Uh, a lot of people from my, my group of friends were listening, and the person approached me and told me, Roberto, uh, how are you? Would um, you consider actually... I don't know, would you like to teach us, uh, I don't know, some basics of vehicles? Because you know what? We're having so many reports of, of scams going on here with vehicles, and we don't have any idea of how to deal with them. So you, you're a reference in this topic here. So would you would you consider uh, give us some classes about that? And everybody in Twitter spaces was listening to that. I have the recording. Otherwise, I would think that never happened. I was dreaming. No, it didn't happen. That person that uh, sent me to prison, that actually uh, treated me that way, he asked me to teach them about Bitcoins. Okay. Um, that happened in 2021. Imagine, imagine how I felt when I when I heard that. Uh, you guys, you can imagine that. It's crazy. Okay. In 2022, suddenly, uh, the case was closed. I have no criminal records. It's over. For me, I never told anybody about that at the time. When that happened, I didn't do it. Okay, yes, I'm not, uh, I have no criminal record, it's over. No, I didn't say anything. Because why? Because I was feeling so empty, so like asking myself, what was all this about? Uh, who, wh why was this? Who won? Who lost? It was something that nobody won, nobody lost. It was something completely unnecessary. And there are some questions that are not answered, have not been answered, that are basically questions like, for example, why did the director of the CERT answer that to the judge? I don't know. I probably I will never know. I don't care anymore. I don't give a fuck. But, okay, I was like, most of the people will say, okay, Alberto will tweet that out. He will celebrate. No, I didn't celebrate because for me, it was like, okay, this is it, okay. It's not a big deal. I mean, um, I, yeah, what, what is it? Yeah, I, I don't have any records. I can have a normal life now. I can leave the country without any authorization. I have no restrictions of any kind. But uh, something is wrong here. I mean, uh, this is not right. Uh, okay, well, that was blowing my mind. That injustice, that abuse of power. Okay, uh, my... It was clear for me what I had to do. I had to do anything in order to make changes. 
I mean, for me, what I had to do was to change that. I mean, it was not about uh, what I suffered. It's in the post in the past. It was something that could never be uh, okay. It was one I suffered. It was terrible, but it, it, it was in the past. What I could do was do things in order to prevent other people in the future from living the nightmare I had to live. So I was, okay, all of the time I was uh, tweeting information, exposing them, posting things, uh, uh, saying, uh, showing how all the mistakes, along with evidence, of course, everything I said always was supported with evidence uh, that was uh, showing that I, I was saying things uh, not because I was pissed off or, or lies, no. It was supported with documents that were supporting everything I was saying, uh, showing that the, all the, the things that were done in our own way, and the case was completely uh, something that was, uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know, it was the most ridiculous thing on earth. Uh, okay, 2021, 20, 22, sorry, 2023, beginning of 2023. Somebody contacted me. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, sorry. I, somebody started following me. And I said in Twitter, and I say hi, and the person say hi, Alberto. How are you? Hi, uh, you know, I, Alberto. You know what? <laughs> All your effort actually well, well done. You uh, they are they are they, they are doing the result. I said what? Yeah, no, my name is blah blah blah. Uh, I'm uh, working a law uh, in 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 a law uh, bro. Uh, okay, um, I'm I'm taking a class. Uh, internationally with uh, criminal charges, with prosecutors, um, uh, lawyers uh, from four countries in South America. We are talking about, discussing about uh, the way digital evidence should be treated. And you know what? <laughs> we have had like 20 interviews, uh, meetings, and one thing in common. In all of the meetings, you know what? What happened? Right, so, you know, essentially, after all of that, the, the same cop who was threatening him, um, the, the, the funny thing was he came, the same cop came back and asked him, okay, uh, hey, we're getting all these uh, cryptocurrency-related crimes, and could you please help us, because we don't understand these crimes, can you teach us, can you teach us a class on this, so... Imagine after going through all that and going to prison and, and having to go through all that and then having like the cop who was threatening you come back and ask you to teach a class. I mean, it just seems, um, you know, it, it, I, I can't imagine how that would feel. Um, but I think Alberto has dropped down. He obviously got rugged. But to, today... Um, uh, you you're, you guys are in the Hideous Hackers um, Twitter space here, and, and a lot of times, usually we, we hear from a, a variety of folks about uh, scams and, and hear some stories of, of what people have gone through in, in real life, and um, we share about that and we learn from one another, and today... Uh, we had kind of an extended session here with uh, Alberto Hill, who um, is a Uruguayan who 
Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, one of the, the good hackers, a white hat hacker who um, went through something, uh, some, some pretty big stuff. Um, I pinned a tweet at the top there that uh, is actually uh, a well curated and, and, and you know, storytelling uh, podcast from Darknet Diaries. So uh, I would encourage folks to give that a listen. Uh, it's good, good background stuff. Um, it is getting quite late. I want to thank you, Daniel, for sharing so much. And Alberto, uh, I'm sorry, thank you for sharing tonight. Um, um, if there's anyone else who who uh, had something on their mind and wanted to share, I will invite you to do that yes. now. Yeah, yes. sure. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, about scammers, it happened to me a lot. I have a... Um... I have a lot of comments on my Instagram page with I want to buy your NF I buy your D I wanted to buy those of, uh, as NFTs but I bought one um I bought the joke once and uh, I lost money and other time people direct message me just to put me into pages that were dangerous for my computer other times they wanted me to pay to actually make bets on sports, which is something I have no idea about. Other times they try they try to make me they try to direct message this message into a location that was actually a strip club and I know what they were wanting wanted from me and I really don't like that. Scammers can be in any type of form especially for women right now you know in general not only in and yeah i'm not i'm not really 100% in the nft game i have other um other tips in the entertainment and you know how we are treated there yeah so especially latinas i'm a latina okay well, listen. You know, yeah, artists are are have faced some extra uh, challenges in in this space because when people, I mean, you've got to deal with all the regular scams, right? People just trying to get into your, you know, your devices and trying to compromise your security in other ways, but then other scams where people are like, oh, hey, I want to buy your art and just do this or do that. And then you end up going down that path because, of course, you want to sell your art and it's flattering that somebody wants to buy your art. But um, when when they're not sincere, when they do that, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just like another thing that, that artists have to deal with. And, um, you know, so I'm sorry that that's happened to you, and sorry for all the other stuff that that you, you know, you you face as uh, some you know young person in this space and somebody who's you know a Latina and, and and female. I know that, you know, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of targets out there, and and um, so just you know you've got to be careful. Make sure you surround yourself with people who, um, you know, who who if you ever doubt anything you know before you act on it make sure you got a network of people who you can talk to that like you can say hey does this seem real to you um so definitely 
you know, don't feel like you're alone out there because there are good people, right? It's it's the it, it's just being aware in that moment that uh oh, I need to maybe not do this, or maybe I need to block this person, or maybe I should ask somebody, you know, what they think and and get a second opinion if you're not sure. Yeah, but we we've you know I appreciate you sharing tonight. Yes, thank you. And uh, you can't uh, meet the people who you really can trust before uh, meeting the ones you can't trust. Yeah, so you it, have to be aware to not trust anyone before, um, to not trust anyone at the beginning, just to just to see later who you can you can trust. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to really be careful, and and um, you know it. That that's why start with people who you know well and and get their opinion if you're not sure, right? So that's right. what I would do. Thank you. Yeah, Daniel, I think you're back. Um, we're, yeah, I don't know. Answer. I don't know if you want to listen to the end of the story because I didn't realize when I lost the connection. Uh, what did you? Uh, what did you? Uh, yeah, I think I think that I think that you know, I, I what I want people to do is to follow you. Well, yeah, I mean, don't trust me first of all. Don't trust anybody. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I tell everybody, don't trust anybody. Don't trust me. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, that's the message. Uh, it's very sad. It's very sad, but Carl, uh, because I'm there. Uh, I, I, I tell uh, he knows uh, um, well um, Brittany that I don't have not long ago I told her don't trust me don't trust anybody uh, it's a world place okay the thing probably is okay uh, if you're going to first of all the onboarding process um, okay right now I have noticed that okay because of all of the people uh, have been built of scams okay when somebody new enters the community, especially Latin America community, that I'm very, very involving. Okay, that is improving the security issue. Uh, is uh, something that initially, okay, when I enter, I entered into NFTs. Why? Because I was noticing so many tweets about people losing everything in the NFT world. So it comes and I said, this is not. Uh, this is much more than. I'm seeing normally what's going on here, and that is why I entered into NFTs to try to understand what was the problem in this group of people that were making the difference. Uh, I wanted to know that in order to help them identify, okay, lack of education and security, lack of part of all tech in finances, then in blockchain, then in cryptos, and then in security. With those uh, four items, uh, Education in those items basically provide a person a huge uh, way of being protected. But uh, not. But uh, despite of that, 15 minutes telling a person not to click, uh, ignore any news that they get, ignore any message from anybody. Only with that, probably 90% of the problem can be solved, and it only takes 10 minutes or 15 minutes. That's all. So. Uh, it's amazing, but yeah, uh, education. And you were mentioning earlier about uh, 
sharing information with people to help others. Yeah, I realized that in this decentralized world, actually security should be centralized in order because I realized that many people doing what I'm doing, what you're doing, helping others and to help others, uh, and they're detecting certain things, certain people that are doing bad things, and that information is not centralized. So we are basically work doing the same thing, maybe you and me, and that's stupid. Uh, let's uh, work together and let's uh, be more, uh, more uh, work smarter. Uh, yeah, sharing that information is a key, centralizing what's going on and being able to, okay, somebody did this, okay. Uh, then if we distribute the information, we are able to detect that the same uh, way of uh, acting, the same uh, things, the uh, same way of scamming is being detected in another Okay, we can prevent people from falling in something that is happening uh, everywhere, but uh, we are only aware of one case, and then, well, yeah, sharing information is the key to 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 be much more effective when it comes to fighting against this problem that, of course, as you, yeah. I don't know if you were here or in the early session that you mentioned, government won't help us, and it's not because they lack of the equipment and the knowledge or not, it's because they don't care about us that my loss is a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. No, if this a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars, okay, they have the tools and they will go after them and they will catch and they have all the technology and they know to do it. It's because, uh, okay, uh, they they won't help us. They will yeah. only get Thanks. involved in big cases. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, Alberto. Um, yeah, we, we have to share information. We have to educate ourselves. We have to, you know, uh, do, do what we're doing, you know, here tonight. And we need to do more of this where, where people share their stories. So I want to thank everybody for for coming tonight. Um, tonight's space was, um, again, um, more focused on, on hearing this, the journey that uh, Alberto's been through. Um We'll be back and having more spaces next week where we'll, um, you know, talk through some, you know, in real life situations that people have gone through and, and uh, we'll get back to, to learning from one another. But this was uh, an honor to have you in our space tonight and thank you for sharing. Everybody, uh, give them a follow and uh, listen to that episode that's posted up there at the, at the top. It is some good listening. Um, appreciate everyone for, for being here. I am going to close down the room. It's getting pretty late for some of us. Uh, and um, again, once, uh, once again, thanks for, for being here, everybody. Um, we're going to wrap it up tonight. And... Uh, We'll look forward to talking with all of you again real soon. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a good night. Good Thanks. night. Good Thanks, night. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Good night now.